when I mentioned to my daughter, Claire, who's here this morning, hi Claire, um, that I was going to be speaking on rest, she said, you're going to speak about rest? Good, maybe you'll learn something. <laughs> well, I, I really have, and um, I hope, I really hope to change some of my patterns as a result of the study um, that I was able to do in preparation for this message this morning, and I hope that um, it'll be as much a blessing to you as it uh, has been to me. Uh, we're studying the fourth commandment, which is the last of the first four that are all about our relationship to God. The last six are more about our relationship to humankind, to people around us. So I'd like for us to read it together, and we're going to read it twice. And the reason is it shows up in two very important places, and it's a little different in, in each of the two places, and that's a very significant um, difference. I want you to notice the difference as we read it, and then we'll talk about it, okay? Here we go. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. That's from Exodus 20. Now let's read also from Deuteronomy 5. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of this with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Sabbath, the word, Hebrew word is Shabbat. And it really means to cease or desist, desist or to stop, primarily working. Um, it traditionally begins Friday evening at sundown and lasts until Saturday evening at sundown. Uh, and everything that needs to be done on Saturday, as far as food preparation, everything ready for the day, has to be done on Friday. So as we look at Friday as the end of our week, and a kind of a day to maybe kick back and get ready for the weekend, it's actually double duty for people who are uh, followers of the Sabbath according to the Jewish law. There's been a long history of tension around the day of rest and how we should approach Sabbath. Um, even the Israelites, uh, just before Jesus came, created, um, they, they really followed the letter of the law on the Sabbath, and they created a book called the, the Mishnah, which is really a written definition 
of the different laws that were given orally or verbally to the Israelites. They remembered them for all those years. Uh, they were written uh, in, in uh, they're written, but this was the book that defined it. And in that, there are 24 chapters and 39 different rules defining what work is that cannot be done on the Sabbath and the kinds of activities that can happen on the Sabbath. And then many times throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites are called back to the Sabbath. Nehemiah especially said, if we're going to be God's people, we have to abide by the fourth commandment, and we have to follow the Sabbath. They weren't at the time. Um, when we were in Israel this April, I got, it was the Sabbath, I, it was on Saturday, I got onto an elevator and uh, tried to push the button for the seventh floor, and it went from floor one to floor two, and then it went from floor two to floor three, and I kept pushing the button, and it just kept going one at a time, and I realized I was on the Shabbat elevator, which had a little light above it, which really meant um, pushing the button on the Sabbath is work. So the elevators are pre-programmed today so that when someone who's an Orthodox Jew gets on that elevator, they don't have to work. It will take you eventually to the floor you want to go on. Just hope you're not on the 14th floor or it could take a long time to get up and down. They still honor that. Well, when Jesus came, he ushered in, as we know, the new covenant and everything, everything changed with Jesus. And he was really more about the Sabbath spirit of the law rather than the Sabbath law of, or the, uh, the Sabbath, um, what's that term? Letter of the law. On six different occasions, Jesus had monumental run-ins with the legalists of the day about the Sabbath, about healing on the Sabbath, about the different kinds of things that he did on the Sabbath. Not only did he hang out with sinners and tax collectors, but he also broke the rules. Um, and then... The resurrection, as we know, also the encounter with Doubting Thomas in the upper room when Jesus appeared on the road to Emmaus. And many people think that Pentecost also all happened not on the Sabbath, the Saturday, but on the first day of the week, Sunday, which became known then as not the Sabbath, but the Lord's Day. And the early believers, uh, it talks about them gathering early in the morning and having meals together in the evening on the first day of the week on the Lord's Day. The reason it was like that was because it was a work day. And anybody who was a believer in Jesus um, met together before work on Sunday, which was the first day of the week. And then they met together after work on the first day of the week to celebrate and commemorate the resurrection and all of the special events that happened in the Christian uh, life um, that were different from Sabbath. And most of those Jewish um, believers would have celebrated the Sabbath traditionally and then turned to the first day of the week to celebrate their new faith in Christ. It was Constantine uh, when he um, sanctioned Christianity as the official uh, religion of the Roman Empire also sanctioned Sunday as the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, and from that time, uh, things changed historically for Christians so that Sunday became a special day. Today, especially in Jerusalem, which is a place where three religions come together, uh, Judaism and Christianity, of course, have direct roots there. Islam has some indirect roots there, but in Jerusalem, Friday is the Islamic Sabbath, Saturday is the Jewish Sabbath, 
and Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Uh, there's great respect for each other, but you have to realize when you're in that city that one of the three days of the week, someone is claiming it is their holy day, and when they come walking through the streets ready to, ready to worship, you better get out of their way. So it's very interesting that there are three different uh, days there that are worshiped or that are followed as a holy day, as a day set aside, as a day for rest and for worship. What about us? Um, what do we do with the Sabbath? As we know, as we look around, um, no longer are, when I was a kid, and maybe m many of you, the blue laws were in effect and it didn't just have to do with alcohol. The only thing that was open on Sunday was the church. And uh, you couldn't go, there was one diner in town that went smiling to the bank on Monday because they were open, but everything else was closed up tight. And um, the, the reason they, as a kid, they, that they told me was because you have to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then in junior high or so, I realized that the Sabbath is Saturday. So why <laughs> do we do that? But there was a, a basic respect in our community, in our, in our society, that has changed, at least I think on the soccer fields. They still leave Sunday mornings open uh, and don't schedule games until noon or so. As parents and grandparents, you know what that's all about. We, uh, now and then, people sheepishly, I say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. Um, and they say, well, you know, my kid's got a tournament and I wasn't there on Sunday. I said, well, that's okay. I was traveling on Sunday too. Uh, but uh, that's the pressure today. What do we do with that? Um, of course, with any topic of value, there seems to be extremes, extremists. There is a term called Sabbatarianism, and that is the belief that the Sabbath has to be kept holy, a pretty legalistic belief. And of course, the Orthodox Jews and the Seventh-day Adventists still practice that, that uh, Saturday has to be the day of the Sabbath. There's also a term called antinomianism. And antinomianism is the other extreme. In Christian doctrine, it's the belief that Christians aren't bound by any established moral laws and they should re rely on faith and divine grace only for their salvation, which means we don't have to take care, we don't have to uh, keep the Sabbath. We don't have to pay attention to the Ten Commandments, so to speak. Now, it, get me, this is, this is an extreme uh, case. It is true that in the New Testament, there are many, many verses that tell us that we don't have to live by the law anymore. In Colossians 2, 16 and 17, Paul wrote, <clears throat> so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come and Christ himself is that reality. Christ is our Sabbath. But Jesus, on the other hand, Jesus came to complete God's law and to fulfill it, not to abolish it. So I believe that there are good reasons to put God's principles into practice in our context and that the idea, the essence of Sabbath is still essential for us to incorporate into our daily lives and into our understanding. In Exodus 20, it says that we should rest because God rested. Several of the uh, authors that I read emphasize that there is a kind of cosmic rhythm or a genesis rhythm, it's been called, 
that God put into life itself and that the one out of seven date with God, a break from our work, a break from the tensions of life, to focus on him and relax is really essential to our well-being and to our health, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, the French, during the French Revolution, uh, Revolution tried to abolish uh, Sunday, and they tried to just say there is no day of rest. Also, the communist, uh, communism uh, tried to establish a 10-day work week, and both failed miserably knowing that the human soul and the human body can't take working round the clock for that long without taking a break. God gave us some very important boundaries regarding our work that we should pay attention to. We should pay attention to his schedule. Men here, maybe our creator wants us to get a life or better yet, find the real abundant life that he wants us to experience in him outside of our work. We're so tied up in our identities and who we are based on who we are at work that sometimes our children are screaming for attention that we don't give them because we get more strokes at work than we do paying attention to our own kids. Women seem to get this better. <laughs> women get it because women are natural nurturers. And uh, as I was preparing again, I, I got took my mind to this rocking chair. This rocking chair is special to us. It traveled with us to three different countries where we had three different children. And each one of our children were nursed and nurtured in this chair from the time they were born until they could drink from a bottle. And I think of nursing, I think of the countless hours. Do you have any idea how many hours you spent in this chair? holding our children and giving them nourishment. Well, nursing seems kind of non-productive. I mean, you just have to sit there. What else can you do while the baby eats? But yet, we know it to be one of the most essential bonding times and essential times of nourishment for the child. I think women naturally get the idea of sitting quietly and allowing their souls to be filled um, by something meaningful that we wouldn't consider to be productive work, so to speak, but it's, it's the most essential elements in life. Um, I look at this chair and I think, okay, I need to sit there for a few hours and get my soul filled. In De Deuteronomy 5, the emphasis isn't on God's, uh, the reason wasn't because God rested, it was because the Israelites were rescued from slavery. And that's the reason we should worship, use the um, Sabbath for a time not of rest so much, but a time of worship. As slaves, they were not given a Sabbath. So when they were rescued, one of the benefits of being out of Egypt was being able to run on their own schedule, and they started to institute the Sabbath again. So in fact, Deuteronomy says that um, the reason for Sabbath is worship. Sabbath provides us freedom from the bondage of work, and it also provides us freedom from the bondage of our stuff. This was an eye-opener for me as I read. We work 
to provide. We provide stuff that then needs attention. The bigger your house, the more you have to clean. The more cars you have, the more oil you have to change or pay for someone else to do it. The more gadgets you have, if you're gonna be responsible with them, the more time you have to put into taking care of them so that the time off that you have from work may just be exchanged for bondage to your stuff. Computer, cell phone. I mean, I've got a long list of that stuff that the best thing for us to do is just say no to our stuff and to work, hang it up, walk away from it, don't mow the lawn, don't clean your garage, don't change the oil. I don't say don't ever do that, but I'm saying having a time when we walk away from that stuff, when we're saved from the bondage of our work and our stuff so that we can find life elsewhere, especially in our relationship with God. We need to say yes to physical and emotional rest and allow God to fill our spiritual tank in some place. There's a great book that a friend gave me um, called The Rest of God, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring the Sabbath. It's by Mark Buchanan. And this book is at the bookstore in case I'd highly recommend it um, if you're uh, interested in thinking and knowing more about the Sabbath. God made us, the quote is, God made us from dust. We're never too far from our origins. The Apostle Paul says that we're only clay pots, dust mixed with water and passed through fire. Hard, yes, but brittle too. Knowing this, God gave us the gift of Sabbath, not just a day, but an orientation, a way of seeing and knowing. Sabbath, Sabbath keeping is a form of mending. It's mortar in the joints. Keep Sabbath or break too easily. I have two suggestions for you only today. The first is that we, including myself, schedule a Sabbath plan each week. Schedule extended time for refueling, for reflection, and for relationships. Be disciplined to just say no to other things during that time. If we do this, We'll be making a statement to God. We'll be making a statement to ourselves about what's important. And we'll also be making a statement to people around us. Um, I admire Chick-fil-A and also Hobby Lobby <laughs> for the fact, and other businesses that close the door on Sunday. They're making a statement to our society that's quickly moving in another direction to say, sure, we can make money on the Sabbath, <laughs> on Sunday, sorry, the Lord's Day, but we trust God that he won't run our coffers dry during that day because we know that there's more important things than keeping the doors open and making money. Same thing has to be true with us. Make a date with the Almighty. The second suggestion is, maybe more difficult, but more um, appealing to me, and that is seek a Sabbath heart. And that is inside Connect with God and know how to do that and where to do it and then do it during your time away. There's a Chinese uh, word for busyness that's two joint characters. One for heart and one for killing. 
So that's busyness. What we want to do is find our Sabbath heart. Find what gives you real rest um, and go to that place of shalom or deep peace and worship. For me, um, I love nature. For me, it's a tree stand. I don't hunt just to kill things. I hunt because I love to be in the woods when the sun comes up. I love to hear the symphony and layers of sounds that God gives us of all of nature singing praises to him. It takes me to that place. I like to kayak on Lake Monroe. Fishing is another time when it's kind of mindless activity, but God shows me things when I'm doing those kinds of things if I just had time. And I also love photography, nature photography especially. For you, it might be painting, it might be writing, it might be reading, it might be biking, it might be just sitting still, it might be golf, but probably not. Um, so I'd like to encourage you to indulge in the Sabbath weekly. Open your thoughts and your hearts toward God. Let yourself be mended and filled and reminded of who God is and who you really are. Scripture says that Jesus is our Sabbath. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls.